Hello, and welcome to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, the podcast, where we show amazing women how to attract the perfect partner for them by embracing and showcasing their authenticity. Hi, guys. It's Amy, and I have a very special guest with us today. It's Lauren Payton. She's the founder of Unleashed Coaching, which is a combination of coaching and energy therapy, and it helps women feel more confident and clear their blocks. Hi, Lauren. Hi. How are you today? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. And for you guys to know, this is actually the second recording of the same episode because we tried it the first time and there was just this awful storm. And Lauren, you're in London, right? Yeah. Yep. So Lauren's in London and I'm in New Jersey and we do this Zoom recording and I go to edit it. And if I can say like the middle was gone, (laughs) there was like, (laughs) I want to say like 40 minutes of it just like disappeared. So luckily I was able to get Lauren back on because what we're going to talk about today, um, I think is such an important topic to discuss for our listeners. But before we get started, Lauren, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Absolutely. So I'm, as you said, I'm the founder of Unleashed Coaching. So I use a combination of coaching and energy therapy and sometimes mentoring to help women to become more confident, to actually fulfill their potential to clear all of the blocks and all of the kind of old stuff that's in the way and holding them back. Um, And then we use the coaching to get lots of clarity and make an amazing path to the future. So that's what I do now. I spent kind of 15 years of my life working in a corporate environment, not really feeling confident, not having loads of my own self-worth. I've been through my own journey. And so I really wanted to bring what I learned about going through that and bring all of those kind of skills that I have together so that I could help other women get to this point of really feeling happy with themselves and being really clear on who they are and where they want to go. I love that. And I think, you know, it's, I love connecting with people. We, we were just talking about this, um, I think in our past episode, but building the muscle of being able to stop at points in your life and say like, is this working for me? You know, rather than, Mm -hmm feeling like you you need to arrive somewhere and be done to realize that this is really whether it's your job or where you know maybe your location or your relationships pa- being willing to pause and reflect can open up these amazing new adventures or it solidifies what you have in front of you so i love that you did that Um, And that you're teaching your clients or showing your clients how to do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, So we're today, we're actually going to talk about um, a topic that I think a lot of our listeners, um, it will, it will really like speak to a lot of our listeners and it's a little bit, we're going to talk about Lauren's journey and also just this topic in general. So Lauren has, is, Um, a single woman who has decided has realized for herself when she's actually done the reflection, right. That she does not want to have children. So we're going to talk about what that's like to have made that decision to encounter others in, in the, in the adventure of meeting people, dating people and 
what that's been like for her um, and, you know, what her experience has been having that knowledge um, when we really still live in a society that seems to just assume that if you are a woman and have the ability to have children, you should just want that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Lauren, can you first tell us like, I guess a little bit about your journey to coming to that conclusion? Yeah, sure. Um, so I I think kind of, I sort of cast my mind back through, you know, sort of my experience growing up and, and so on. I'd never felt like it was something that I, that I had really wanted. Um, you know, my mom says like, you know, I played with like the dolls that were like the small babies and stuff, like kind of, I think everybody really does. Um, but I didn't really have this feeling of like um, being maternal or necessarily actively feeling like this was something that was that that I wanted. Um, but whenever I was asked about it, my answer, as I, as I got older, whenever I was asked about it, my answer was always, you know, not now, but I assume that I'll have them one day. Um, and so I just had this assumption that it would be a thing that I would do. I had this assumption that the timing would at one point be right, that I would suddenly realize that this was a thing that I wanted. And then as I got to, I was probably around about 30, which is, you know, always a, a fantastic time for reflection on, on so many different levels anyway. Um, when I got to that stage, I started suddenly feeling a little bit more stressed about it because I was like, well, I've assumed that this is a thing that I'm supposed to do. I've assumed this is a path I'm meant to take, but I'm, I'm single. I'm, I'm miles off having a, a good relationship. That's, you know, the kind of relationship that you would want to start a family with someone. Um, I had a whole bunch of my own issues around, you know, how I felt about myself and my confidence and so on. Um, and then this suddenly became this thing that was really stressful was like, well, if I'm if I'm going to do this thing that I've been told my whole life I'm supposed to do because I'm a woman in possession of a functioning uterus, then I need to kind of have a clear plan because otherwise, you know, I'll run out of time and it will be too late. And and it was almost like I just had this voice in my head go, hold up. Is this actually what you want? Do you want this? Mm. And my immediate answer was, no, I don't want it. And the the kind of sense of um, it was the sense of relief of acknowledging to myself that that had always been my truth and that had always been how I'd felt. Um, suddenly giving myself the opportunity to kind of have that. It's almost like you're having a little internal conversation with your, you know, with your instinct, I guess. And, and, and to give myself that gift um, and give myself the opportunity to be honest with myself about how I felt. And yeah, so the relief was just, was, was great actually, because I no longer felt this pressure of what my life had to look like. And also since then, I've really been unpacking a lot of what it was that brought me to that assumption that it was something that I had to have and that it was necessary Mm -hmm. for me as a woman, you know, and there are so many, so many factors that contribute to that as you, as you go through your life. Yeah, that's what I wanted definitely to discuss next, because I love that you said, I just assumed that I would get there. Like, I just assumed. And we talk a lot about, um, you know, assumptions regarding relationships or who you should, you know, who your partner should be, what he should look like, um, you know, how you're supposed to act in order to attract a partner. And we peel through that all the time. So, like, let's jump in to why we grow up thinking that, we're just going to get there. We're just going to decide that we want to have kids. So what were your like 
your takeaways, like the influence that you had that was giving you that message? Um, so I think first note, in terms of family, that can be a huge pressure for a lot of women. That was one that I actually have been very fortunate in that I've kind of avoided a lot of that kind of typical pressure that particularly can come from a woman's mother, I think is quite, can be quite a heavy pressure of having kids and settling down. And it's not something that I've ever experienced that I'm incredibly grateful for. That being said, I think there's, there's firstly just the natural way that people talk to women and women talk to each other about the future and about what that will look like. So when I have kids, when you have kids, Mm-hmm. here's this thing in our house you'll give that to your kids because it's meaningful to the family just these small things you know that that start to say when you have kids it's not if um yeah I also I remember being 22 and saying to my mom I'm never getting married and I'm never having kids I'm like I'm, I'm way too selfish to do that and I don't ever want to be in a relationship with somebody where they feel like they have to stay and I was very resolved in that and I remember my mom saying, like, she kind of, like, laughed at me, and she, like, as if it was, like, an immature <laughs> perspective. And she was like, you'll get there. Like, that's how you feel now, but you're going to get, like, mm-hmm. she was so sure mm-hmm. of it. And I look back and I'm like, how the heck did she know yeah. what I, you know, where I was going to get? And I wonder if that, how much that, that conversation even had an influence. We get taught, like, when you become mature enough, you're going to want these things. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you're, you're totally spot on. I think there is this sense of if you don't want them, particularly when you're younger, it's much easier for me because I'm in my, I mean, I'm 38 now. So, you know, it's, it's much easier for me to say this is a thing that I don't want. And, you know, I think it's understandable that I know my own mind at this age. But I think we can mm-hmm. assume that somebody who is in their early 20s can't possibly know her own mind in the same way she's just not got to that point where her body has told her or her emotions have told her that this is what she wants and she's ready for it um and I think that can be unsettling for for people for you know for there to be somebody who's that age who says no this is I'm very clear on what I want for my life and this is not the path that's right for me um so I think that all of that is a really big part and you know the other the other part that I think is so easy to kind of it, it can be so easy for us to overlook, but like culturally, the the kind of content and the kind of media that gets put in front of us from the point that we start consuming it tells us a story of, a classic story of, you know, boy meets girl, they get married, they have children, they live happily ever after. Any deviation from that story is sort of considered suspect so, you know, if you don't have children, you're like the spinster aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't want yeah. to get married, you're like the Samantha from Sex and the City, who was really the only character I can remember throughout that kind of period of my life, who was a woman who didn't want to make those kind of standard choices. Um, but she was still, you know, uh, made an extreme version of that, you know. Yeah, and yeah. even, so Samantha, her side... Um, you have, if it's not that you don't want to get married, it's that no one wants to marry you. Mm. Like if you're single and older, it's like nobody chose you. Yeah. So you're like sad. You're, it's like Bridget Jones, yeah. you know, like <laughs> you're sad and alone. And in so many of these movies, um, the prize is being chosen. Yes. A thousand percent. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love 
when we were talking the last time, the one that we we were also talking about, like who are the women that choose that choose? I mean, as far as we can tell, or it, we never even say that, like that chose to not have children, like they don't have children. So our our assumption goes to like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, maybe she missed the boat. Like we were talking about Jennifer Aniston last time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, and yeah, I, I think in terms of like the way that the media talk about women in this situation mm-hmm. is exactly that. I think she's the perfect example of somebody who there there is this narrative of she must somehow be very sad because in spite of having a phenomenally successful career over what like three decades um you know in spite of having several what look like good relationships obviously we don't know but you know having having good relationships having you know a a great circle of friends being happy she can't possibly be happy because she doesn't have children and she somehow missed the boat and like you say she's not chosen it it's just not happened to her and the way that we package up her story is completely centered in that particular narrative it's not centered in any of the other things that could be happening um in her life that are wonderful you know and that's the story yeah, that, that, I, have, that it's sad yeah and that idea like you said that you could be just doing so many things you know and there's so many ways that this happens to women like you can be extremely accomplished and um extremely intelligent and really like badass and the media will like critique what you're wearing mm-hmm. you know like it's just such a minimizing um, way of looking at women. And that's just another one. Like if they're not married or they don't have children, it's an assumption like they're not measuring up in some way. Like they didn't, they didn't, they didn't get everything that they obviously wanted when we have no clue what they want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So tell us a little bit about, um, well, first, are there any other, like, do you remember any other influences when you were younger that you were like, oh, I'm supposed to do this because you watched this show or movie or whatever that pop off the page? Um, No, I mean, I, you know, I've always was such a big kind of consumer of, of rom-coms like you know give me like a, a late 90s mm. early noughties rom-com and I'm happy um, and actually going back and revisiting <laughs> some of them is so many deeply problematic themes that run through so many of them but it was still like this was the the narrative of you know um of wanting children and yeah when am I going to find a husband and when am I going to be able to have the baby and I think the other the other sort yeah. of deviations from it that I think are often missing is like so firstly like there's an assumption uh, it's almost like the sort of wicked witch um, mm-hmm. uh, kind of persona that if you don't want children that you somehow hate them, which I find really baffling. It's yeah. like, no, those two things can totally coexist. I can like children a lot and I cannot want to have any of my own. That's totally fine. Um, you know, it's like dolphins. Like, I think they're great, but I don't want, in my, want one in my bathtub. You know? <laughs> I don't want to yeah. raise one. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's, I think that's kind of some of the, one of the things that, that comes up. And then also, um, when women make other choices around children. So whether that's, you know, perhaps making a choice around, you know, not to proceed with a pregnancy, that's not something, that's never a story that's really gets told. It's certainly not told often and hasn't been told, um, you know, in a particularly balanced way for a long time, I think. And um, we're starting to see a little bit more of that now, but, you know, as um, 
as an option for women. It's like that's not something that ever really gets gets kind of shown as a story. Um, so I think there's all of these elements of what it means are missing, you know. And I think also the evangelizing of motherhood is is also one of the things that can be really um, hard to unpack because it is evangelized so much. And, you know, I think that can be problematic both for people who, who don't want children, for people who can't have children, and then also for people who do have children. You know, it's this this idea that motherhood is the the epitome of the most incredible experience that you'll ever have and that it's somehow perfect and glorious and incredible at all times. And, you know, if you don't want that, then there's something missing in you because you don't you will never experience the love that you will have with a child. So therefore, you're always going to be somehow less than. You know, that's another message that I think we get quite a lot. Hi, guys, it's Amy. It's time for a sponsor break. We'll be back very, very shortly. See you then. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it really is like it messes with mm-hmm. our minds. Because how do we know? Like, how do we know if, and it's all like, you know, when I think about it, I think of like, like aunts and grand, grandmas and moms, like all the maternal line, whether it's like a maternal line in a movie or like my own maternal line, like all sitting there, like they have this secret and they just like know this thing now. And if you don't follow their instruction, then you're, you're going to miss out on this thing. But the truth is that when they talk about motherhood, um, most times they they leave out a lot of a -hmm. lot of stuff, (laughs) you know, like they leave out the fight to like find yourself again. They leave out really how hard it is day to day. Like they just leave out a lot of stuff because I remember when like becoming a mom and just being like, I knew it was going to be hard, but I really didn't under like it really is sugarcoated. So can you tell us a little bit about what it was like um, in your dating life? You know, maybe a little prior to, to knowing that you, whether or not you wanted to have children. And then afterwards, of course, when you, now that you know this, what dating is like for you? Um, yeah, sure. So before, um, so if you kind of, I mean, if you sort of imagine like kind of the, the line being about when I was around about 30, I would say is probably where it kind of happened. So in my 20s, I was just not even really in a fit state from a relationship point of view for it to even be something that kind of came up, um, you know, sort of bouncing from, um, you know, one thing that was not great and uh, certainly suboptimal as far as dating went kind of from one thing to another. So it wasn't necessarily something that had come up too much then. The biggest thing that I found about how it has changed the way that I approach it is that I approach everything with so much less pressure and mm. without that same sense of or it, and it wasn't a sense that I necessarily had but I can imagine the sense being you know well I I want to have children you know if you want to have children and you're in your you know kind of mid 30s and and you're still single the way that you approach dating is of course going to be completely different because you want yeah. to be clear really up front with what you want and what's important because as a woman obviously the amount of time that you have is is really different than the time that a man has um and things can get you know things can get much harder um you know the later into your 30s and early 40s you go and so 
the the mindset that you have when you approach that is going to be really different whereas the mindset that I have is very much like well this can just be dating for dating's sake and you know I can I don't have that same sense of okay well if I meet somebody then it needs to be something substantial for a long period of time you know I need to be open to that being where this goes um even in the early days whereas I can I can have a mindset of well you know what if this is something that you know is really nice for six months or a year or two years and isn't forever then that's actually okay because I don't have that same I don't have that same pressure towards what that would mean if I then started a family and and you know the things that kind of go on afterwards um so I think it's my own internal level of of kind of I guess sort of relaxation around it um has certainly been a really big thing for me um I think what's also really good now is that we, you know, with a lot of the, obviously it's, you know, it's very much kind of dating apps primarily is the way that, you know, we're all sort of doing things. Um, and with a lot of, with a lot of online dating, you can be really upfront really quickly about whether you want children or whether you don't. And I think that's also fantastic because that just clears things really easily. You know, if there's right no no awkward, like first date conversation, it's, it's out there exactly. and someone can choose you if they if they agree with that or just not if they don't yeah yeah for um, sure I think actually there is something quite you know if if I see a man who says I want children and you know he's he's sort of around about the same age as me I think well do you know what I, I'm, I'm not going to waste your time by going on some dates with you because what you want is something very different to what I want and whilst I'm okay right. with something that might just be a few dates that might not be something that works for you and actually you know if you're kind of looking for something a bit more serious this is you know it's easy to sort of make a quick distinction between, you know, what what people want and and what is going to be right for you. Um, and I think that's that that certainly makes things an awful lot easier. Yeah. And I love that you say the ease that you have when you came to this decision so that you can be OK with it being a couple of dates that there's not this like. I need to know because if I'm going to commit, if I'm going to have six months with this person and it's not going to work out, then I need to know that now because I have all these plans. Right. Um, mm, yeah. And we coach a lot that even if you want to have children, you, if you're, you know, if, if that starts happening, your biological clock is like, get on with it and starts giving you this kind of scarcity mindset that like it has to happen mm. you have to find that person right away that that's going to really impact um your choices and it's gonna it's gonna you're gonna see people through a certain lens and you know if you're gonna have a baby with somebody like they're gonna be in your life for the rest of your life mm -hmm. essentially even if it doesn't work out so not having that mindset even if you want to have children we we talk a lot about like having an alternative option, you know, so like freezing your eggs, um, looking into and being open to adoption, you know, thinking about like other ways that this can happen just because the, what you're talking about in terms of mindset is spot on that, that has so many women who do want to have children ending up with, with people who are just not the right people and ends up in relationships for years with people that they're not really happy with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, how, and I love that, right. Like you said that the, the eight dating apps have gotten, 
have taken away that conversation. Have you had any experiences with people who are like, you don't want to have kids? Oh, definitely. On date? Yeah. Um, less so from a dating perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Just because it, I mean, if it comes up and they say, oh, you don't want to have kids, then I'm like, nope, I don't. And that's that's kind of it. <laughs> because I, I don't make any apology for it. You know, it's not something that I'm ashamed of or yeah. that I think is a secret. Um you know, and I'm and I'm quite happy to be open about it. So it's not really come up as a particularly problematic thing. I think it's more been with other people where it's been a little bit more, yeah. um, you know, where people tend to be a little bit more shocked. Um, and, tell, yeah. tell us like the most shocked, like an, an experience that you remember where you were like, okay, that was, that was a weird conversation where somebody was shocked by you. Um, I mean, I, I can remember it being, you know, that, like you were saying sort of at the beginning, that sense of, oh, well, you'll change your mind. You'll change your mind when you, mm-hmm. when you, you just haven't met the right person yet and you'll change your mind. Um, and it was almost that sense of, you know, because I'd, I'd not been in relationships that were emotionally healthy um, up until that point, and I wasn't in any position where there was anyone that I would have been with that would have been right for me had I wanted a family would have been right for me to have a family with anyway it was almost subtext right. of like you're just saying this because you haven't got a relationship and you're just saying this because things haven't been right and you'll change your mind when you finally find your prince charming you know that was that sort yes. of been the subtext um and I mean you know sometimes with you know even with friends I've had the occasional person who's been like wait a second what do you mean and sort of surprise, but not not necessarily rooted in judgment, but just more that sort of surprise of a woman of this age admitting that she doesn't want to have children. Um, yeah, and you know that that just element of oh, oh, really? Right. You know. Um, yeah, and I love that you said that the that there's this assumption that like you're just saying that mm-hmm. because like it's kind of like. When we do, and we do this sometimes in life where we're like, well, I'm just not going to, I don't want this thing. And we say it to like, as Mm -hmm. a protection, you know, like, I don't, I don't really want to be, um, I don't know. Like if I was saying like, if you actually wanted to, to be wealthy, like, I don't really want to be wealthy. And, and, and maybe that's the motivation is like a protection of, of, a fear of failure of it not happening. Um, and this is another place where we see it, that when you've made a decision like this, like whether it's that you don't want to have children, or maybe it's that you don't want to have a long-term, you know, monogamous relationship, or you don't want to get married. People jump to the conclusion because it's such a, it's, we're so influenced and taught that this is obviously what we would want if we could have it, that people assume or, and put on us that the reason we're saying we don't want it is as a protective nature because we haven't gotten the opportunity yeah, to have it exactly, yet. exactly. And it's, st- and it still kind of comes back down to, and is rooted in that, that thing of you don't really know your own mind because how could you possibly want to choose a different path? You know, you just you just haven't right, got and, you haven't got all the levels yet, and then once you get them, you know. and that's so mm-hmm. damaging because, you know, I mean, as a woman, if if then I have in my head that 
this is going to change, you know, if I am in a relationship, then, I mean, that just sounds like my head's doing somersaults. Like, like, um, you really have to be solid in Mm. what you know and almost, I mean, it's not, it's not your job or our job to educate other people, but like, it's really that, that they're stuck in their own mindset um, and kind of like spewing their mindset all over <laughs> other people. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think sometimes um, it can be that, you know, and it and it happens with so many different things, not necessarily just with children, but I think because children is such a, it's such a huge, um, you know, unalterable thing and un- unalterable decision to make that I think sometimes for people it's, um, it's being so set on this decision that I've made is the only possible way to be happy that I can't understand why you wouldn't want to make this same decision. Um, And I think that's the part where it can be, where it can be difficult. Um, And I think having, I think there is, you know, like you say, I don't, uh, no, I don't, I don't feel that it's my, it's yeah, it's certainly not my, my job to educate people on this as such, but at the same time, I do think it's really important that actually it's okay for women to be open about this kind of thing. And, you know, that, that we are starting to strip away that shame and that judgment around the fact that women might want to make a different decision and that there are different ways to be happy and different ways to live a a really fulfilled life that don't necessarily fall under this slightly older version of like the absolute way to be happy is X plus Y equals marriage plus marriage and children you know um and having space to talk about these things is is really important absolutely and I think that getting like really getting in there and like you said taking that time and that space to say like how much of what I'm going for is driven by cultural or familial or even like friends like when you're surrounded by friends and they're all getting married and they're all having children like that's a huge influence too and then you know sometimes when you become you know if your friends are becoming moms then they're all wrapped up in that life and that can feel you can feel abandoned in that situation but taking the time to kind of pause and connect with yourself and say do I want this or am I doing this to like to placate to other people or am I doing it because I'm kind of mm. on autopilot in my life and I've just been told yeah. I should want this. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm going for it. It's that thing. I know we talked um, about this last time of, you know, we, we sort of give women these levels that, that you have to achieve. Um, and it's almost as if we're constantly going, mm-hmm. no, there's another level, no matter what you've done, you're not at happiness. There's another mm-hmm. level to go. So, you know, it, single is not possible it's got to be like a relationship a relationship no you've got to be engaged then you've got to be married then you've got to have kids and you've got to have your next kid you've got to have bought a house and then another house and you know it's just there's kind of this constant need to level up and very rarely actually do the levels include um having a really successful career you know um having fantastic people around you feeling really fulfilled in your life like those aren't considered the levels that we are encouraging women to hit the levels that we look at are around how she is based in um, within the context of kind of a family unit. That's where those levels come from. And that's where the almost validity of the female experience is, um, is rooted, you know? Um, And I think it's, yeah, I think that's like super damaging as well. 
Yeah, it that's the flip side because if you are a woman who is creating an amazing life that doesn't check those boxes, these messages are so insidious that it can strip women of their joy. Maybe not all of the time, but like every mm, time you go around absolutely. your family, you know, like when you see friends, you're like, it's just this like hush, hush, like, Ooh, she's not married or doesn't have like kids or whatever it is. And like that kind of side conversation that could really be damaging to, to women, like really reaching their happiness and sitting in it and being proud of it and, yeah, and being absolutely. seen in it. Absolutely. It's almost that sense of like, yeah. Oh gosh, I'm, I'm so worried about you because you're single. <laughs> and not because... Yes. Yeah. Like you're like, well, don't worry about me. Like, <laughs> Sorry. I'm a really good time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And that's the ultimate, right? That's the ultimate goal. And one of the beauties, like when people are like, oh, I wish I could go back to high school. I'm like, man, I am so glad I'm out of there. Like, I that's the wonderful thing about adulthood where you can sit and be like, nope, this is who I am. Or these are the choices that I'm making. And you don't have to agree with them and you don't have to understand them. But this is what's right for me right now and I'm doing this right so like you just have that ability to have that resolve but you know it's hard when 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 people are just every people around you are so influenced by by these other confines and they like place those things upon you and sometimes it's because women have made their own choices right and they're mm. trying to validate their own choices by forcing it and thrusting it upon other women as if you have to do this to be happy because I chose to do it. And if you don't do it and find happiness, then like, what does that mean for my choices? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. That's it. And I think again, because, you know, for those women, the narrative that they've had their whole lives is this is the one way that you, that you, you have to be in order to be happy. Any like, takeaways that you want to share with our listeners before um, we wrap up so today. I think I I can't encourage enough the importance of listening to yourself and giving yourself the opportunity to actually discover what it is that you want and what it is that you you need in order to be happy um, and that thing can look different for everybody there is no one recipe for happiness there are a whole bunch of different opportunities and different ways of finding that happiness and being kind to yourself no matter what path it is that you choose and I think finally like surrounding yourself with people who support and love you regardless of the choices and and sometimes because of the choices that you make you know so if you're if you're only ever surrounded by people who who believe that the the path to happiness is completely different for one than one that works for you then find people who understand and who support what it is that you want and and make sure that you've got them in your life because it's it's important to have that um because you know we all want to we all want to feel like we're encouraged and supported on that path um yeah that would be my that my main thing and yeah the the only person who knows what's going to make you happy is you no one else does don't do it for anyone else don't do it for a parent yes don't do it for a partner don't do it for a friend don't do it because you've been told to it's your life and you only get one of them so do what is right for you and what makes you happy. I love that. So, so important. And, and building that muscle to be mm. able to pause and say like, is this what I really want? You know, like, and being okay with if what you want is not what it seems like 
quote unquote, everybody else is doing, right? Um, being willing to kind of go off that path and, and be your own person is huge. And there's a lot of strength that you get from being able to do it. And there's a lot of strength that you yep, absolutely. get from exactly. having done it. So I think that women now have, you know, shown again, it's always this kind of extreme. It's either bad or it's wonderful kind of situation, but we're not really, we're not raised as women to say like, maybe you'll want them, maybe you won't. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. As that conversation, it's, you're right. It's, it's definitely, um, sugarcoated and glorified. I almost to like, just get you to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think so. so. So Lauren, thank you so much, so much for doing this two times. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, it was, it's great connecting with you and I will put some links in our show notes. If you guys want to connect with Lauren, if you're interested in um, the coaching that she's doing, you know, you can definitely hear from her that she's done so much of this inner work um, that has really led her to living, you know, an amazing life that's really in alignment and authentic to who she is. So if you're interested in getting any guidance from her, um, we will put that all in the show notes so you can find, you know, exactly. How thank you to so much. It was great to chat so thank to you. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for listening to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, the podcast. Can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Successful Single Female. Check out our website at www.successfulsinglefemale.com or check us out on YouTube at Successful Single and Not Willing to Settle. Have a wonderful day and don't forget to not settle.